Hi, my name's Owen, and you're listening to Group Influence. And where am I today? Uh, you're in Off the Record, also known as OTR, which is uh, in Old Market, Bristol. Amazing. And do you want to introduce yourselves as well? Sure. I'm Sylvia, and I am a community champion. So I support all our supporters and community around Off the Record, Bristol. And what do you do? Uh, my name's Liam. I'm the marketing comms and digital manager at OTR. So all of the website stuff and the social media and hopefully the bits and bobs that young people hear around Bristol and South Gloss that often comes from uh, from some of the work that I'm doing. So it's all your fault then? All my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so as a charity, what do Off The Record do? Well, we, we're a charity that's been going since the, the 60s and for a long time we were known as um, a counselling service, which is still true to this day. We provide counselling for young people. Um, but more recently, and as we've developed over the years, we've um, had a look at how we can help young people. And now we offer loads and loads of different stuff for 11 to 25 year olds. And that's across Bristol and South Gloucestershire. So we do lots of campaigning work, lots of um, working group settings with young people and lots of targeted work. So, for instance, with LGBTQ plus young people, we try and have an offer and a service and a group for, for anyone that might need to come into contact with us such amazing work you do and as well to add to that as well that is free that, I sh- that you, you would be very good in my role because that's a detail <laughs> i missed that we're, we're free um confidential. confidential is a big one and 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 actually we work slightly differently to kind of traditional mental health services in the sense that we we hate waiting lists as much as young people we know that's not what they want to be told to go away and come back in six weeks so um, the kind of referral model that we have is that young people can sign up to us um, in a kind of membership style, really. And you can do that online as well, can't you? You don't have to meet yeah. anyone. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's spaces and uh, drop-ins, which we call hubs, uh, where young people can come in uh, with a friend, with a parent or carer if they, if they want to, and um, come in and meet us and find out about what we do in that kind of range of services that I've just mentioned. Um, but also, yeah, our website acts in that way. We, we treat it like you would a sports club. Um, if you were uh, joining up to the gym or a sports club and you went on their website, you'd be able to kind of self-select what you want to do, whether it's a badminton, a game of badminton or a, or a spin session. And we treat mental health in the same way. You can come and sign up to whatever takes your fancy. Also, I, I had a look at your website as well before I came in, and it's incredible how it's set up as well. When you first click on the website, there are so many different kind of options, like how you're feeling, things like that as well. Mm. And I don't know, in, in my experience, I don't, I've not meant seen a charity that works in that kind of model and the way that you can go through and actually, rather than just being dealt with a wall of text, <laughs> it, it's really helpful. You can just click and keep going. And I think find it what sends an important message as well that we're here for young people and they're, they, the young people are our priorities. So I, for example, work in support and I work with fundraisers and companies out there. But everybody appreciates the fact that our priority are young people. So if you come to our website, that's exactly the target audience, the primary audience of, of what we do. And I think it's also important to remember that there, there's an element of self-empowerment when you choose how you're feeling and when you choose what you're what you want to do about your mental health and it's really important that the core of what we do is that young people should have a choice about their mental health um, and decide what's good for them really
Amazing. It's such a breadth of age ranges that you work with as well. Do you do it differently for different ages because you've got 11 to 25? It's 11 to 25, yeah. And it's really important to recognise that uh, young people across that spectrum have so many different things going on. So at 11, it's the transition, you know, up to secondary school. Um, And for some of the 25-year-olds we see, or we see people up to their 26th birthday, um, they might have families of their own. So, you know, the social... Uh, situations that we that we see and we hear about are often really diverse and that that's also true of the not just the age range but the diversity of young people that we work with Um, so what that makes us do is work really flexibly that's why it's important for us to have such a breadth of an offer for young people Mm -hmm. not just you know one-to-one therapies are fantastic and they work for a lot of people but other young people might like to come along to to a group they might want to be connected uh, we always champion um, meeting other people that have similar interests. Yeah. And yeah, and I think it's also important to remember that, at least for us here at Off the Record, we think that mental health is not just individual, but social and economical mm. as well. So we put a lot of... W- w- we do The way we deliver our services is focused on creating a sense of community. So for some people, it might be challenging to be surrounded by people with different age groups. For other people, it's actually quite supportive and helpful to talk to somebody who's been through what you're going through. So we we just do our best to provide a wide range of choices and opportunities. I guess your group works similar to like how like an AA meeting would work, like that you have a lot of people there that all have a similar problem and they can kind of work together. And although it's not in the same level, you can mm-hmm. you can see that you can grow together as people. And obviously support each other as well if you're having any problems and build a community, which is, I think, such a good thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. And often it's, I mean, it's not even necessarily a group of young people that necessarily have a problem as such. It's just, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and it can be, I I think, for instance, of our, we have a campaigning group called Mentality, and they are young people that actually specifically is aged 13 to uh, 21 uh, Mentality. And that's a shared kind of fire in the belly around mental health campaigning and destigmatizing the the issue of mental health. And so in that group, what we find is, yeah, there might be young people there with experiences of, you know, feeling rubbish or having people in their family or networks that have suffered with their mental health or struggled. But actually what unites them is that desire to talk about it and to make a change. Exactly. So it's like if you someone's broken their leg or whatever, you wouldn't expect them to be able to walk. So why are you judging someone on their ability to act as like a normal, if you like, person mm. just because they've got a problem with their brain and or I like think an issue? We also need to remember that you know we say that mental health is something that we all share and we have maybe individual experiences, mm. but but it's really important to support each other through those. So. We all will have different take on exactly the same challenge. We all approach school results, school exams differently. We all lose friends. We all experience bereavement. But we each have a different way of experiencing it as well. So being in a group makes us also understand just how different we are and how similar at the same time. And that it's just okay to not to be okay. And it's equally perfectly fine to be fine and help another person. It's so incredible. It's just normalizing. Yeah, and that, that's definitely the thing we need to put across here that it should be normal that people have issues, but you should support the people through it. Yeah, and yeah. I think, like, in society at the moment, it's 
it's not that it's not talked about, but people don't quite understand the reasons behind it and how you can support someone with a mental health problem. Right, exactly. Well, lots and lots of the young people that we see and that we work with come to us sort of describing life circumstances or struggles at school or pressures from um, the media and social media and, and so on. And our, quite often what we'll back back is to say, well, it would be weird if that didn't feel difficult. You know, it would be weird if you weren't struggling with that because life can be really hard. And societally and politically often, things aren't set up for young people to be able to thrive. It can be really hard to be a young person. That's always been the case. Mm. But we we see that as um, we like to de-individualize the, the problem. If we're going to use the word problem, then actually mm. the problem is with the world a lot of the time. Not and with the young people. Not with the young mm. people, mm. yeah. There's a, we're in danger sometimes of feeding into this narrative that young people are broken because we don't really think that's the case. Uh, young people aren't broken. They don't need to be fixed. It's often the world that's broken. And <laughs> actually the social structures and the political climate is, uh, is really hard to deal with for a young person. I feel like a lot of young people as well, a lot more recently are having more mental health issues. With your work that you do, do you, can you seem to understand why or where that's coming from? It's a really interesting question. It's hard to respond to this question because it's, you know, we we only recently started measuring a lot of things. It's a very new conversation to talk about in mental health. And oftentimes we get asked the question, are there more problems? But actually we don't know because in the past we didn't talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. And the more you talk about it, the more people will seek help. Well, exactly. And, And times are changing. What we do see is that there's certainly more pressure on young people. I think you mentioned at some point, Liam, that we have the most tested generation of young people at schools. Yeah. And, and that's not an easy thing to deal with, you know, and how we get measured is quite challenging as well. Uh, we have a generation of young people who have less freedom in terms of hanging out and and building friendships freely. So so I guess there are certain changes in society that we're, we're learning together with our young people to take on board and, and, and just respond to. But I would also like to stress, it's also important to start talking about the positive side of mental health, about resilience, and we have our own resilience lab. We go to school and schools and teach young people to prepare for harder times because oftentimes as we open up those conversations about mental health, we get we fall quite directly straight away to the, to the bad side, don't we? <laughs> but actually... A lot of young people we talk to seem to be quite amazing at responding to challenges in a very creative and positive way and, and finding their ways around the current you know, reality. And, and we're very good, I think, at Off The Record in learning from those experiences and, and, and um, embedding those experiences into our projects. So for just as an example, you know, we're launching a lot of Nature Works projects where we're going to go outdoors, we're going to go to an allotment, we're going to focus on mm. growing healthy food, because that's what our young people want to do. We've tested it, and it comes from the community, and it's a very different aspect of mental health, but it's equally important. And it's, and it's also something that, I guess, especially living in a big city, that you're not really able to do at home, or that you might not be supported in something like that. So having somewhere to go where you can try out new things as well as yeah. being supported through that is really helpful. Mm. And I guess with 
a lot of people as well home situations aren't always the best and having someone to turn to to talk about not just home issues but issues in school things like that mm. is really helpful to have someone that's not your teacher or not your parents I think from you know going back to the more traditional side of what we do the counseling a lot of feedback stories we receive state exactly that that it was really nice to talk to a counselor who's uninvolved in my private life who's uninvolved in my family matters and who helped me gain perspective on life and mm. step back a little bit and think you know this is for a certain amount of time and quite soon I'll be an independent adult and my reality will be different and it can be really empowering and because it's not done through a hospital as well it you know, it has to be so nice to kind of be free from that I guess a lot of people with mental health issues are also more prone to having medical or like issues things like that as well mm. self-harming things like that so being able to step away from that and being in a place that's completely different mm. but also feeling that they're loved and that they're welcomed here and supported is so so yeah important. and that's one of our well a big thing for us is that we don't we obviously work with an age range um, but if people come to us outside of that age range I like to think we're quite good at signposting people elsewhere but we work flexibly across the age range but also in the sense that we don't turn anyone away for being uh, quote unquote not uh, uh, too unwell and we don't turn anyone away for being not unwell enough if that makes sense mm. and I don't like to use terms of, of wellness or illness but as deemed an, to be yeah deemed and, yeah. and we, we would see young people that perhaps have come straight from A&E or from a hospital and we have to work um, responsively to that but also there are young people that come to OTR to one of the drop-in hubs just once and all they need actually is one conversation or a bit of reassurance or a bit of guidance and mm -hmm. we might they might not return but that's fine too like it's fine to just always look to be a little bit more literate and a, li a little bit more uh, informed around, around well-being but also something you've mentioned is really interesting that uh, occasionally or maybe even quite a lot we might hear from young people that they had negative experiences with NHS or other mental health services and I think um, from my experience oftentimes it's just because it's very disorientating you know where do you go to who do you talk to your service providers are changing the procedures are changing so especially at hubs we do a lot of support around that orientation and signposting and explaining to people why certain things have to happen this way because for crisis support and from for, for you know um, some maybe really critical mental health problems where NHS support is required it's also important to understand why and what's behind it and why you need to go through certain quite you know unfriendly maybe <laughs> Uh, situations at first to get the help you really need and why it's important so so we, we just provide that context to the mental health provision for young people the other thing is well obviously this doesn't work on a podcast because uh, it's not visual but what you will have seen today Owen when you come through the door is yeah. that we're colourful <laughs> yeah and it's so arty and yeah, <laughs> nice we surround the place with you know bright colours and n not to be uh, too young about it but just to give the place a, a really y young people can be used to clinical settings it feels more homely yeah we want here to feel like a space that you can come and hang out and have conversations and sometimes those conversations might be difficult but a lot of the time they're actually 
you know, you meet new people, making new friends and getting something valuable from us. So, um, yeah, when you come to Old Market, the first thing you see outside is OTR in big yellow letters. It's massive, <laughs> so, you can't lose it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when you come in, there's this like amazing artwork all over the walls. And it's just, we like to think that's a bit of a, a breath of fresh air for young people that might mm. be used to kind of clinical or GP setting, mm. you know. And so you do different kind of work. So you do a lot of one-to-one stuff as well. Is that something you do like weekly or? Well, the one-to-ones, um, I think Sylvia is probably quite w- well positioned. I think to it talk really about. depends on what type of one-to-ones we're talking about. We have two, if you think about general categories. We have counselling, counselling, and we have certain waiting lists, but they're fairly short comparing to other services, I would say. So that would be six sessions of one-to-one weekly sessions. And you kind of need that regularity and you need a week to process whatever comes up for you. So so that's a very good support. But we also have one-to-ones, one-off one-to-ones, uh, sometimes at the hub or sometimes basically um, on a, you know, on a, designated day with a designated support worker just to discuss depending whether it needs to be a crisis plan or whether just a plan for your mental health recovery mm. or just kind of you know resilience and building up the kind of support networks around you but yeah. the counseling would be six sessions of one-to-one and we we do cbt therapy we do talking therapies drama therapy and art therapy at the moment we're starting to look into music therapy as well. oh, music therapy <laughs> and with all of your work do you set kind of like homework if you like to do at the end of it or is it more it you really stay in it depends on the type of therapy you're doing I haven't mentioned ProReal the virtual reality therapy as well mm. and that sessions as well virtual reality yes so at the moment the registrations are closed um, but we do uh, have a software called ProReal which is like a virtual reality game when you create your identity or identities and and together with a counsellor sitting next to you you discuss the arising issues what's really um, important to know about this particular form of therapy is that it's very triggering and it's very powerful so it requires experienced professionals to work with it but it can be extremely helpful and quite quick and that's so good using technology as well to Mm. to help young people and do something that they actually enjoy doing in their spare time as well yeah, and bring and it into and the interesting data is the fact that 80% of prescri- uh, registrations come from uh, men so I guess that's one of the areas that th- there seems to be a correlation not that we differentiate but we also look at trends when mm. they arise and try to respond to those and also I mean tech can too easily get a bit of a bad rep in terms of well-being there's a Mm. lot you know there's a lot of stuff every week we see new articles that link social media to to poor mental health or crises in young people and actually they can be really powerful and pro real we know as an example of a service we have can be really powerful in actually providing a space for well they have therapeutic qualities social media can connect you to other people that you know you might become friends with or find a community so Mm. Yeah, we like to harness the the positive stuff with technology as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to hear as well, the kind of moving with the times as well, that you're not stuck in say, a few years back where you're doing a certain thing in a certain way. It's nice yeah. to see that you can tailor that to different people and use that to support them in there. We also work with COOP, the online counselling service. We're okay. the local, I think, biggest partner. So uh, we do signposting. So if we can't provide a particular service, then... They're there to work with us. 
and we see uh, quite nice and interesting numbers there and they provide online counseling but they also provide online forums another thing to say about moving with the times um is this is something that i'm really proud of that we do at, at otr is that young people that come along to our group sessions quite often what will happen not always but young people will come along and kind of find something about it that isn't quite right or isn't quite working for them mm. make suggestions um tell us you know tell us what's what's not quite working and we respond but what then happens a lot of the time is that young people go on to actually facilitate those groups themselves so a lot of the groups that we run now um are run by young people that at one point were in that group does that make sense I've of course yeah. and that's that's so good as well because they can see as well the impact that they're having but mm. also the fact that they've been impacted in that as well must give them so much energy and excitement yeah. to do something like that to support the younger people and and just the knowledge too is that i've been here i know what this is like i know what it's like to come into a room with nine other young people and not know their names or where to look <laughs> mm. but I now know I'm equipped with uh, the skills and the, the icebreakers that I know can be helpful <laughs> and the facilities you have are incredible as well the different rooms that you have and it, it's just so good to oh, see thank you well we do our best to provide you know a bigger open space for groups but also we need to remember that everybody's different and maybe for the first session people prefer to sit on their own with a little bit of support from us in a separate one-to-one -one meeting room. Uh, maybe they just want to straight jump into the group because that's how they react to stress. We need to give everyone as many options as possible. And do you have any stories of anyone you've worked with, obviously not naming names or anything, but how you've worked with them and the impact that it's had? Well, we have currently, um, I will use this opportunity to promote one of our fundraisers, Lexi, who's outgrown uh, freedom and is now preparing for Bath Half Marathon and live tweeting about it from very dark places at 5am in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's so nice to see people involved in a different way. Someone who can't access the services anymore because they're, they're over 25 still stay in touch with Off The Record and just do a little bit fund of fundraising for us to still support us just differently mm. for me this is really moving and to understand what impact that money is going to have on people who come afterwards yeah the younger ones mm -hmm. i i came to off the record <laughs> as a child yeah as a young person well am i still young i don't know i'm 30 now i'm certainly out of the you age can range just <laughs> just <laughs> but in terms of yeah when i was 21 22 so um i came for counseling and it was hugely hugely helpful to me and as I touched upon earlier, it was my, my sessions there helped me realise that actually I wasn't the problem. <laughs> the, the, the set of circumstances that I was in at the time, you know, difficult um, home scenario and difficult work scenario and so on. Like, it would be weird if I wasn't um, somewhat upset about that stuff. So OTR really turned things around for me in the sense that they made me realise that I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> but I, so yeah, that's seven years ago, and I guess I've just not, I haven't cleared off yet. I got a job here. So <laughs> we stuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there anything, as people, either remotely or in this, in this area, that we can do to support you as a charity? Everything. You know, that's another great thing about Off the Record. We welcome any support. We are currently growing the community fundraising side of things. 
And it's really important to understand that when we operate with funding, we are limited to how that funding needs to be spent. So, so you can have, is it like government funding that you get as well as charity so donations? As, so we look at different sources. It's local government, it's different funds, different bids and so on. But when it comes to community fundraising, anybody who's doing fundraising for us or any companies uh, raising money for us or using us as a charity of the year, most of that money is then spent on the more innovative services we're providing, the, the expanding the range of services, building the hubs, and, and allowing your p young people have a voice in how that money is really spent for, for support for them. But we also welcome donations, we welcome uh, skills. We have a lot of companies mm. coming in and supporting us on certain things that we might not have in-house. So at the moment we're just, for example, we're building CRM system, you know, how to manage relationships internally. And we have a company here um, supporting us on that. We have a tech company down the road helping us with certain things. We have an amazing group of students from UWE um, who are helping us put together an online shop because we kind of take inspiration from you know we see lots of charity shops and we love them and I'm in them all the time and mm. we want to have one <laughs> like an online shop yeah. yeah and so yeah the UE students are helping us build that and make it hopefully a you know a, an income stream for us and sorry yeah. I interrupted no, you no no that's that's exactly it we also have a new uh, part of a charity called Diffusion, which is basically based on selling trainings to companies as well, and that's going to be a really great source of very stable income for us, which is really important. You have to remember that uh, the young people we work with don't necessarily have time to wait for, for support, so we really need to make sure that we, we provide as many income sources as possible. So that's why we welcome any support, really. The quicker that you get in there to help them, the better, really. Yeah. And and you want to be there for young people as well. You don't want to start something and then say, actually, we've run out of money, so... <laughs> See you in six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And there's lots of things that people can do. I mean, anyone listening to this, hopefully, will we'll maybe be inspired to help us. And we were putting together a, a skydive. That's quite the that's quite a place to start, isn't it? <laughs> skydive. You could do a cake sale, but you could do a skydive. Is is there any do you, do you have any opportunities for like helping in off the record, like in in house if you like? We do um, we do build up a volunteering project at the moment because we have more and more people coming into wishing to volunteer. With that, we need to just make sure that we support the volunteers as well. So we're making that functional, and we want to make sure that the volunteers are supported in an appropriate way. So we welcome all the volunteers. It might happen that we will turn around and say, at this stage, we have enough of volunteers, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you later, but we always welcome support. It mm. really depends on what's going on at the moment. So the nature services will definitely need a lot of help in, in summer when mm. we need to dig up the allotments. And, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm not gonna do that one, I'm afraid. I'll, I'll leave that one out. You're just gonna do the skydive, right? Just the skydive. Yeah. Am I? <laughs> Owen's committed to the skydive. That's it. You heard Sorted. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and any ideas, we welcome new ideas. We had somebody uh, doing the cheese rolling yep. experience last year. You know, we have people coming up with uh, gaming marathons. Uh, head shaves. Head shaves, uh, creative <laughs> ideas. We have people making dinners, performing. We had girls dancing for 24 hours last year. Yeah. Two young girls. It was super Non-stop. Yeah. Non-stop with oh, their how? friends and family. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, 
But what's really interesting, most of those challenges that people take on actually have a backstory to it. And through those challenges, people also start thinking about their own mental health. So the Unite mm. students did three peaks challenge last year. And as a team from the company itself, they've experienced a lot of mental health challenges, you know, climbing and, and kind of talking about resilience and supporting each other. So it's just a context of how you do it as well. And we're there to support everybody who wants to support us. And it, and it's real fun and it's very moving. Mm. And we're, we're all staying in touch with everybody. Yeah, so we're constantly really inspired yeah. by what people want to do to support it. Yeah, and like yeah. Sylvia says, it often comes from a place of, well, you really help me or you really help my friend and I want to do something back, which is, yeah, really, really touching. Or if it's a generation of our parents, it comes from a place, I wish you were there when I needed help and now I want to help somebody else. We, we, we very often hear that mm. as well. Thank you so much for your time today and the amazing work that you do. Um, just for me and for everyone else as well, is there anywhere we can find you, like a website or...? Yes, um, we're all across social media, of course, and it's uh, at OTR Bristol. And our website is otrbristol.org.uk. And if you're in uh, Bristol or South Gloucestershire, you can come along to one of our hubs, come and say hello, see what we've got going on. And uh, yeah, you'll be met with friendly faces. And if you want to support us, we're on social media at OTR Friends. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. See you at the skydive. Bye. <laughs>